If you listen to the show for any amount of time, you know that I do have a merch store or two, and I don't generally push my merch because I don't feel comfortable hitting you guys up for money. But if you're listening to me on anything resembling a regular basis, you probably laugh at the same things I do. You probably think a lot of the same things I do. So why don't you go check out HorribleDesigns.com. They have assorted merchandise with funny comments on it, funny t-shirts, funny mouse pads, funny coffee cups, and then some stuff that maybe not necessarily so funny, but is definitely relevant, whether it's a social opinion, an economic opinion, a stance on you know things like veganism or whether or not you need essential oils in your life. So yeah, anyway, that's my little plug. I have some of their shirts. They're comfortable. They're cool. I like them. HorribleDesigns.com. Go check it out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The podcast you are about to listen to contains at least one of the following. Strong language, disturbing topics, abusive opinions, generally things that aren't appropriate for little kids or overly sensitive people. So if any of that stuff's going to get your nose out of joint, this is your chance to turn it off. Welcome to I Had to Say It, the podcast where I talk about things that I feel need talking about, and sometimes they're not getting the attention they deserve. And your feelings, they're not under consideration. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Had to Say It. First and foremost, I want to apologize for the tardiness of this episode. Due to some unforeseeable circumstances, both technical and shit outside of the podcast, I did have to basically scrap and completely re-record this episode. So, uh, yeah, this is getting recorded about 20 minutes before it's going to get thrown up, probably. So I do apologize for anybody, any of my tens of loyal listeners who were waiting to see this to start their Tuesday morning off. And sorry, you guys had to wait this long. I'm sure it's just earth-shattering that that was the case. First thing I wanted to talk about real quick, since I am having to re-record this at the last minute, I don't know, some of you may have seen it, some of you may have not seen it, but I did do the Pocky One Chip Challenge over the weekend. I did that Sunday night live with a buddy of mine. My good friend Jason and I did the One Chip Challenge. We both decided it's probably one of the dumber things we've done in a while. And barring some real solid motivation, we will not be doing that again next year because we're getting too old for this shit. And... Yeah, so I'm going to put the link to the YouTube video in the show notes. If you missed it and you want to see it and check it out, uh, the real action is to put some time times out there. We eat the chip at like 14 and a half minutes in. At about 16 minutes even, I stupidly get some of the chip powder in my eye and scream and run off camera for a couple minutes while I went to go grab eye drops out of the cabinet. I swear to you on all of my honor, I did not drink anything until past, well past the hour mark. We actually made it about an hour and a half before either one of us drank anything. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of my assessment of the whole thing. The chip was dry as hell. Uh, the powder on it, unlike the previous ones, because this isn't the first time I've done this, but 
The previous ones did not dry out the inside of my mouth like this one did. I think it was probably because they used powdered dye to stain your tongue blue when you eat the chip. And they want you to stick your tongue out to prove you ate the chip. And we did. And uh, I think that powder is what made it drier than ever before. Because, I mean, they've always been dryish and kind of like eating a piece of cardboard. But this time it was like eating a piece of cardboard dunked in sawdust. It was really brutal in terms of just it sucked all the moisture right out of the lining of your mouth. And the heat was pretty bad, too. Now, maybe it could have been worse for me if I wasn't distracted by the huge flaring pain in my eyeball. So, yeah, that well and truly sucked, but it, didn't, it possibly might have made it a little more bearable because it was distracting from my mouth being on fire uh, because I couldn't see out of my left eye because I'm a friggin' idiot, apparently. So, yeah, the link will be there if you want to go check it out, have a laugh at my expense, listen to some banter. Uh, unfortunately, due to the fact that it was my first live stream, I kind of boned up and the audio from my friend Jason, the first like 20 minutes, 25 minutes of the audio from him is missing. You can see his mouth moving. I could hear him the entire time, so I wasn't aware there was a problem until I figured out how to get the chats posted where I could see people talking. And then they're like, dude, we can't hear your buddy. And then after a few minutes, I did manage to fix it. It just, I had a setting set up ass backwards, more or less. So, yeah, it was a learning experience. It was interesting. It was kind of fun. The first time I've, I've been on other people's live streams before, so it's not like it's my first time being on a live stream and it, but it is the first time where I'm actually connected to this show directly as part of this show where you can check it out and see my ugly mug and put a face to the voice. If you feel so inclined, uh, any of my fellow podcast hosts that have been on the show have seen me cause I usually do video when we're doing our, our, uh, interview type stuff. And so, yeah, a lot of, so I'm assuming a good majority of the audience knows what I look like. Cause I'm assuming most of my podcast buddies are the ones that listen to this on a regular basis. Um, if not, you know, please reach out to me. Let me know what you think. Sound off. Tell me something. I, I keep trying to push the socials. I'm trying to get better about being more engaged and being more active. But it's kind of frivolous when nobody's interacting back. So, you know, it's a little disheartening sometimes that I try and put stuff out there and get nothing. But I'm not giving up entirely. And since I did enjoy this, and now that I do have the kinks worked out, I do intend to start doing like a live show at least once a month, probably bi-weekly, if I can get the wife to give me the permission to have enough playtime to do it on a regular basis bi-weekly. But definitely at least once a month I'm going to do a live show. I'm still trying to figure out some of the logistics for the phone call thing, but because um, I'm having some issues with my getting my phone to cooperate with the phone number to so I can... Uh, hotwire it or hotline it into the soundboard so it can be part of the show. So, but I'll get I'll get it figured out. I'm still still playing with it, still working on it. I really want to get that going. I want to get the show. I want to get these lives going. Have some listener interaction and stuff, other than just me reading and responding to chats on the screen. And um, I have updated some of the Patreon stuff uh, with goals for like once we get to a certain level of patronage extra things I'm going to add into it. Uh, you know, we're going to be adding like once a month exclusive AMA type stuff and things like that at certain levels. Um, honestly, one of the things is if I can get to <laughs> a certain number of patrons, I'm going to make sure that the the public lives are also going to be uh, more readily available after that point because to using what I can afford to use, i.e. free stuff, I can only stream to so many things, at so many platforms at once. And if I want to broaden that, I'm going to have to shell out some cash, and I don't have disposable income right now. 
So if you would like to see that happen and have this show available more places, I need your help. You need to convince your friends to, you know, open those wallets, give me that $5 a month. It's realistically skip one coffee and you could help a brother out. But yeah, that's enough uh, pitching and begging and everything. I want to get into what the, and this is going to be slightly abbreviated because I am trying to get this out tonight, but the general meat of the episode that I lost that I was planning on recording today was, or releasing today, not recording today. It was already recorded, but last week something happened and I immediately threw my cynical eyes and a lot of, I'm not alone in this and seeing it this way, but. Uh, I may be slightly better informed than some people. Uh, so I reacted, and I, I've already been catching flack on the social media about it because I see all these people trying to celebrate this shit because they don't know any better because, frankly, they're either dumb or they're looking to grasp at anything our current administration in the United States has done that could possibly be good. And I am going to try and spread a little knowledge about this and explain why it is literally an empty gesture. It's a token nothing buying votes move and it's fucking stupid that all these people are jumping on board like it's this next fucking great change in our society and it's things getting to where they should be and i'm talking about last week joe biden got up there and said well i am now signing an executive order pardoning all federal prisoners for simple possession of marijuana and i am recommending that the dea Look at reclassifying marijuana so it is no longer classified on the same schedule as heroin. See, right now, marijuana is classified as a Schedule One substance. No medical purpose and basically as dangerous as fucking heroin. Heroin actually served a medical purpose once upon a time. It was a painkiller. They used it for a painkiller. And it was a fantastic painkiller because you could keep taking it until the pain went dull. The problem is it's super addictive and people got hooked on it and they couldn't wean themselves off of it afterwards. But... From a medical standpoint, in terms of if you're treating somebody who's terminal and they're in constant agony, they're not going to overdose. They're just going to take it until the pain goes away. And as the pain gets worse, the the amount can get bigger. But as long as it's still just numbing the pain, it's not going to be an OD situation. But anyway, that's a whole different thing. Marijuana, on the other hand, should for no reasonable reason be classified as a Schedule One substance. It's a plant. It's not even a processed plant. It's a fucking dried out plant. And if this is going to be the thing that makes you run away from Aaron, yes, Aaron is pro-legalization of marijuana. Uh, Decriminalization is okay. Legalization would be much better because it would, I think it would alleviate a lot of problems. It does have a lot of medical uses that are only now just being acknowledged. It has medical uses for everything from people. And that's why they have medical marijuana licenses in different states. Because it has been proven to be medically viable as an alternative to other stuff. It reduces opioid needs and a bunch of other good things that are good for people. There's no reason it should be illegal. Honestly, alcohol is more damaging to your body than marijuana, but alcohol is legal because there's lobbies for it. There's all kinds of money being thrown at the the, the legislature because of it. There's tax revenue. It's huge business. And... Honestly, I, th- I can pot is going to be that way too. There are already factory farms. There are they're getting licensed by states where it's legalized to be a licensed grower is a whole process. There's fees and all kinds of expenses attached to it, and it's a whole thing. And I'm saying that just from a casual understanding of what's going on. I'm sure there are people out there. I have friends that could explain it way better than I do. I have friends that are involved in the business, 
And uh, you know who you are. We, you want to record an episode about it sometime? I would love to talk to you about it. We could do a whole thing. You know how to get a hold of me, brother. But that being said, um, so Biden comes out and he says, I am now it's a good thing that they're actually going to follow through with re- reclassifying marijuana and taking it off a schedule one drug. If and when that happens, I will say they actually did something useful. Until it happens, all he said was he was advising them to do it. That's it's very key language there. He's not ordering them to do it. He's not saying it has to be done. He's advising that they look into rescheduling it. That is also the play of someone who doesn't actually want it to be changed, but wants to make it look like they're trying. I very much feel this move was done in a method to, like I said, they're trying to buy votes. They're trying to pander to a, to a subset that they know is swayed by this particular topic without actually doing things about it. Because what they forget about is this is an administration where Joe Biden was instrumental in writing most of the drug policies that relate to marijuana. Most of the policies that put countless individuals into jail because of a plant and allowed people to be doubled down and charged for all kinds of other shit because of the said plant. And now he's like, oh, well, we need to do this because it's the right thing and we, we think it's right. And then you've got the vice president who, during her time as a prosecutor, threw the book at people with you know simple possession charges, kept people beyond their scheduled time of release on simple possession charges, and... You know, every time it's brought up, she cackles about it, and and then she laughs about it, and then she tries to say, oh, well, you know, I might have smoked a little dope back in the day listening to Tupac and all this other bullshit. So either she's pandering by saying that shit, or she's telling the truth and she's a fucking, fucking hypocrite because she was getting high and locking motherfuckers up for the exact same thing she was fucking doing. So either way, these are not people you want to look up to with any sort of admiration and think they're doing something to be beneficial for the society or because they think it's the right thing to do. They're doing it to buy votes and try and secure an election where there's a very real chance that they're going to lose a lot of control because people are fed up with the way the last two years have gone in this country. And they've got a lot of empty promises, and they need to make more promises because the ones they made before, none of them got fulfilled, and people are starting to hold them accountable for it. Their own parties are starting to get fed up with their shit. Not to mention the millions of people that don't agree with them and didn't want them there in the first place. Whether you're a staunch conservative Republican type or you're like me and you're more middle of the road and you still think these assholes were, the, were, were terrible choices. A lot of people are fed up with it and they know it. So they come out with this announcement that they're going to pass this legislation and he's going to sign this executive order pardoning all these people. And instantly morons are sitting here saying how great this was and it's about time and all this other shit without doing any real research, without trying to see how many people this affects. And so they they try and put out a number and they say, well, this pardon will affect 6,500 or 6,700 individuals. And now that what they don't tell you about that is all that does is strike the federal possession conviction off their records. What they don't bother to tell you is it did not get a single individual out of jail. It did not actually change anything for any of these people because feds don't bust solely for simple possession. Not a single federal office. The DEA does not go out and pick up teenagers with dime bags. The DEA does not go out and pick up people that are at college parties selling quarter ounces at a time. And if they do pick you up and you're selling and you've got more than a minor enough, if you've got enough weed where it no longer qualifies as simple as possession, 
they'll they're going to tack simple possession onto your charges when they're charging you. You're also going to get charged with intent to distribute. You're going to get charged with production. You're going to get charged with transportation. They are going to throw a slew of charges at you for your simple possession of marijuana because they can cancel that simple possession out. You're still facing distribution. You're still facing production. You're still facing transportation. Depending on how much weed you're with when you get pinched, the feds don't pinch for simple possession. It was an empty and meaningless gesture. There is no way. Simple possession cases are all done at a state level or a county level in some cases. Depends on what you're getting. The teenager with a dime bag is not facing federal charges. They're going to get a ticket or they're going to get a county summons or they're going to face a stand in front of their county judge. It's not a federal case. The feds have no oversight over that. So all the nickel and dime motherfuckers and even like if you had a, if you were running a grow house in a state where it wasn't there and you got busted by the local cops and you were arraigned on local charges and the DEA was not directly involved, you don't get dick. Now, the president in his statement said, I'm encouraging all governors to follow in our lead and da-da-da-da-da. And he basically said, you guys should all do exactly what I did. But again, even for the people who want to say, oh, well, we're going to pardon all simple possession charges too. The vast majority of people with simple possession charges are not felons. They're misdemeanors in most cases because that's what simple possession is. Felony possession is not what they're talking about. They're not talking about possession with intent to distribute. They're not talking about possession and production. They're not talking about possession and transportation. If you cross state lines carrying a significant amount of weed, you're not going to get busted crossing state lines with a dime bag. You get busted with a dime bag driving over state lines, you're going to get a state ticket. You're going to get a county ticket. You're going to get arrested locally unless you're hauling enough where they can charge you with intent or intent to distribute And then you're going to also get hit with transportation. Those are two federal level charges that are not going to get knocked off your record. So this is literally helping no one. It is not changing a single fucking thing. And even all the governors that follow the president's lead can still, anybody that's not getting a nickel or a dime bag is still going to get hit with all these extra charges. And they're still going to have a record. They're still going to be felons. But nobody wants to hear that shit. All the like super ultra, like back in the old days, they used to be normal. I don't know if that's still even around, but National Organization for Legalization of Marijuana, normal. Get it? Okay. Yeah. I've been interacting online with a lot of people from that are really hardcore, like, oh, this is fucking awesome. And they don't want to hear. They just, oh, well, this opens the door. No, the fuck it doesn't. This guy built the goddamn door. He put it there to keep people from being able to have marijuana and not be felons. He made this to further the prison industrial complex. That's what these politician fucks do. And I know he's a senile old bastard and he's probably at death's door because I don't know what meds they're giving him to try and keep him propped up, but the guy can't function off of a teleprompter. He has read the instructions on his card out loud during public appearances. He's not well. So I really don't even believe this came from him. This is somebody, whoever his handlers are, put this in front of him and said, there you go, Joe, go read this card. Tell him this is what we're going to do. Tell him it's always been the right thing and you completely endorse this and this is going to get the party where it needs to be where we can keep running shit. 
and he said, okay, it's time for pudding, got his card, went out there, read the teleprompter, and then wandered off and probably went to go shake somebody's hand who wasn't there. And I know it's kind of, it's it's lowbrow. It's easy to make fun of him for being a senile, demented old bastard. And it's not very nice. I shouldn't make fun of the elderly and the infirm because, God willing, someday I'll be elderly and infirm too. I mean, fuck, I'm middle-aged and I'm infirm, but I'm still mentally, my facilities are there at least. I'm kind of decrepit and out of shape, but I'm not, I'm not fucking talking to shadows at this point. I mean, I am talking into the void every time I record one of these episodes, but I do that with the hope that it will reach the right ears. Uh, hope springs eternal. And I'm not trying to shake the invisible man's hand. So, I mean, the guy, there's all the signs. This man should not be, hypothetically, the most powerful person in the country. I don't think he really is. I don't think the president... The president's not supposed to be the most powerful person in the country, according to the principles of this country. And I for damn sure don't think this one qualifies. This is This is... This is a blatant puppet at this point. There's nobody believes this guy's running the show. This guy is maybe he was some major manipulator behind the scenes ten years ago, maybe even five years ago. Who knows? Who knows when he really started losing his shit? But he is definitely a walking textbook case of dementia at this point. So fuck it. They got the good meds in him. They got him up and mobile. They're gonna keep weekend of burning, burning his ass until the end of the uh, the cycle. And then they're going to try and make a play, and I'm I'm guessing they're going to probably run to Santos for the next election. And if that piece of shit gets in the office, I'm pretty much willing to bet things are going to go sideways here because he is not a good choice. He's a terrible, terrible choice. He runs a shithole of a state, the state that should be one of the most beautiful and functioning in the country, despite all the ultra-liberal bullshit that a lot of people that live there believe. The resources that used to be there, the 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 natural resources, the beauty of the land and the property, the property values, the the easy access to like seafood and good you know good growing lands for vineyards and all the other shit that used to exist there, and at this point they have active campaigns bad mouthing other states because people are leaving in droves. They are actively trying to woo Hollywood back because they film in every other state because it's better for the movie industry to not be in California because of their prohibitive taxes. They have some of the highest cost of living in the country. They have some of the highest tax rates in the country. There are people there. I was reading something the other day from a guy that is a six-figure earning tradesman that says he's going to have to move because he can't afford to live there, and he doesn't even live in any of the fancy parts. If you're earning six figures, you should not be having to leave your state because you can't afford to live there from the taxes. It's utterly obscene. And this is who they're going to run to try and be like, oh, yeah, this is how we're going to you know, take the country back to where we want it to be. By, by running the most extreme fuckhead we can find. The one that's going to be the most distasteful to everybody that doesn't completely drink our Kool-Aid. So... Yeah, I mean, it's a bad, this, like I said, this is all just ridiculous political pandering. And I've, I said as much when a lot of these statements were coming out. Uh, if you happen to be on Twitter, you, you want to search the, the hashtag do better intern. That is my, uh, I've decided to try and kick it into a hashtag and make it into a thing. And uh, I do get a few people that <laughs> echo it when I say it, but that would be great if we could make a thing. I would feel pretty cool if I started an internet thing. And I do that specifically to the presidential and the White House Twitter accounts because there's one thing you could say what you like about the Cheeto that was in the office before, but 
that motherfucker, I guarantee those tweets were his because there were spelling errors, poorly thought out statements, and all kinds of other shit, and he owned all of it. The White House Twitter account, there is no way Sleepy Joe is running it because the sentences are actually coherent, and I'm sure there's there could just be a proofreader, but I'm sure it's a, actually a, a media intern running these things. And it's all it, it all reads like sound bites, like press bites, like the stuff that's in the binder that the White House press secretary reads from to answer the pre-approved questions because she can't work off the cuff. And she is utterly horrible and unqualified for the job. She was the ultimate quota hire because she ticks all the boxes, person of color, uh, lesbian, whatever the fuck else, mildly brain damaged because she can't barely function even with a fucking binder full of answers specifically tailored to the pre-approved questions that they issue to the press to ask and somehow trying to act like that is still a free and functioning society where the press is, I mean, the, the media has been in bed with the government for a long time, but when they're not even arguing, there's uh, there's very rarely, there's a couple people that will speak up and go off script and she ignores them or tries to like talk them down and shame them for not sticking to the pre-approved questions and like has no ability to think on her feet. She is a horrible fucking press secretary, but that's what they got. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at though. This like utterly ridiculous move by this, you know, senile and chief individual to pander to, and there's no coincidence. The fact they waited till a month before an election to go, Oh yeah, here I'm pardoning all these, all the, all these, uh, convicted pot fellas, all them old hippies that were smoking that wacky tobacco. You know, one time out back in 63, before I got my legislation passed through in the eighties, back, but back when I was a young fella, I smoked me some of that jazz cabbage. And I, well, I got, I got it from corn pop and corn pop's a bad dude. And, 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 and my butt's been wiped. Uh, yeah. So it is really, it's, it's pandering of the worst kind because whoever actually came up with this, like I said, I don't believe that Biden actually just made this decision to do this. Somebody made the decision, put the paper in front of him and said, here, sign this and you get some more tapioca. And you know, here, here, here's your shot. Here's your pills. Now go read the card before the shit wears off, Joe. And so he's up there. I it's it's like I said, it's a very well calculated move because it sounds great to 90 percent of the people who they're trying to sway because they don't know any fucking better. And they're not going to look into it because as much as I hate to say this, because like I said, I have a lot of friends that partake in now that it, in, here in Illinois, where it is legal for recreational use. I have friends that are doing very well because of it. I have friends that for a very long time have partaken. I myself have partaken over the years. I don't judge, you know, do what you want to do. It's I, I, I know a lot more people that are more functional on weed than people that are, you know, geeked out of their mind on coffee and fucking stress. So I really, I don't have any problems with marijuana being legal and used recreationally because contrary to all the scare tactics and the just say no's and the dare programs and all the other horse shit that people my age grew up with, you're not going to get super chiefed and drive through a drive through and then run over a kid on a bike. I mean, yeah, you're going to get super stoned. You're going to get the munchies eventually, but there's the odds of you killing somebody are extremely low. Stoners are not violent. Stoners are not dangerous. Stoners are dangerous to their waistline, their cholesterol and good taste. That's about it. The problem is the Venn diagram of people who don't understand how a lot of shit like this works and people who smoke excessive amounts of marijuana tends to be a pretty big fucking overlap. 
and I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just saying when you're getting high a lot to just cope and somebody goes, hey, the president's talking about pardoning all these motherfuckers and says we need to adjust the laws. It's not a lot of people. I mean, some some smokers will go out and be like, oh, really? I got to go look into this. Most of them are just going to be like, dude, that's fucking awesome. And that's going to be the extent of their thought process on it. They're not going to sit here and go, well, really, how many how many times does the the DEA, how many times do the federal agencies bust somebody for simple possession? None. If you got a fed, federal agency's attention, you are not looking at simple anything. No simple charges, no simple processes, and unless you got something you can flip and do it to their benefit, no simple time served. You're going to be doing some real time someplace unfucking pleasant unless you're a rich individual, in which case you will go to Club Fed, work on your tan, work on your backstroke, work on your golf game, uh, get decent food, and not really have to stress too much because you're going to still be living your standard of life. So, you know, white-collar crime is the fucking way to go if you got to get caught because you're not going to do real jail. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I stand on this. It's a bullshit move to garner favor with a bunch of people who, for better or worse, are too fucked up to know they're being played. It's an empty gesture. It literally changes nothing for anyone who could possibly be impacted by it. Because, like I said, there is not a single federal trial that exists just to bust someone for simple possession. Not a fucking one. Anyone who has simple possession on their record in a federal court filing has a bunch of other shit on there and they put that on there as a compounder so they could use the bills that Biden wrote to count the certain number of charges and up the ante to make it a more severe penalty because they have additional fucking charges. It's always been a leverage piece and now they're just leveraging it against a different set of people. Instead of leveraging it against the people that are busted, they're leveraging it against the people who think it's somehow going to benefit them. If you're on the Fed's radar, simple possession is not what they're going to stick up your ass. This pardon, and if they change the laws regarding simple possession filings, is simply going to stop them from putting a force multiplier on your fucking case. Whatever they're looking at you for, this ain't going to change anything. So, you know, that's... uh, Realistically, like I said, it's kind of hard for me to put a you know call to action or a thoughts on how I think we can do better on this one because it is literally I'm, what I'm, what can I say put down the fucking bong long enough to pick up a fucking phone and google the statutes behind federal simple possession and google how many people have been convicted solely that's the keyword solely of federal simple possession you're not going to find any because it doesn't work that way Like I said, the feds aren't out there busting people for nickels and dimes. They're out there going after people that have grow houses and operations and harvest significant amounts. And most of those people that they actually pinch aren't really even going to get charged because the ones they get on simple shit, like average street motherfucker level stuff, they're going to flip them. There's no point for the feds to prosecute these assholes because they're nobody. They're little. Feds like big fat things so they can justify asking for more money for their organizations. Feds don't give a shit about Johnny on the block. They don't give a motherfucker about the doughboy on the corner. It's not how it works. Doughboys are a dime a dozen, and they don't 
net federal interest other than leverage against somebody higher up the chain. And you can't leverage somebody with misdemeanor level fucking charges. Simple possession, pretty much across the board. Like I said, on a federal case, they're they're not going to bust you for simple possession. They're going to bust you for possession with intent, possession to distribute, possession and transportation over state lines. That's where they're going to get you. That's not what they're pardoning. So it's an empty gesture. Just like I said, all I can say is just be a little more aware. Just try and pay attention. If if this seems like a good thing to you, if this, and like I said, if you're one of these motherfuckers that's going to say, oh, well, it's open in the, it's moving things in the right direction. It's open in the door. No, it's not because you have to look at how things were worded. You have to look at how it was presented. You have to look at how it was done. It was done to garner attention right before the election and nothing's going to come from it because there was no forceful, like, this is what we're going to do. It was, I'm recommending that they look into reclassifying. There's a whole lot of leeway in there. And if somebody calls them on, he can go, hey, it's not me. I told them to look at it. They just decided that for whatever reason, it's staying classified the way it is. So, yeah, just you know, wake up. Think about it. Be critical when in your thought processes. Analyze things. You know, Do better. Be better. And like I always say, be good to each other. Live, live a life that people would want to emulate. Live, make your life an example. Be, be good. It shouldn't be that fucking complicated. We're all humans. We all deserve a certain extent of, you know, our happiness and our well-being. And sometimes the best way to do that is just to leave people the fuck alone. So be good to each other, all right? Be kind. It's it's really not that fucking hard. And if you can't be good and you can't be kind, just stay the fuck away from other people. And for now, that's what I had to say. Thanks for listening to another episode, guys. If you liked what you heard, leave a comment, leave a review, leave a rating. Go to IHadToSayItPodcast.com, sign up for the mailing list, interact with the show. Click the links, sign up for the Patreon, join the Discord, come and interact, be a part of the show, buy the merch, support your favorite creator, or support me. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Till next time.